there has to be a separator. Okay. It can't just be all things that everybody can go and do that some outlier who's just like, Hey, I'm a great swimmer. So let me, cause let me tell everybody, I probably wouldn't even take top five or top 10 on that 500 meter swim. And I swim my butt off, but I might just not do great on that. Okay. But I think that it's also okay to push the parameters on, on one event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Masters Fitness Championship podcast. Here for another episode talking to one of the experts. Hey, not just an expert this time, but also a competitor. We're going to be talking to Jen Ryan. Jen is going to be competing in the team division. Her and Heather Hippensteel are going to be taking on that team division in the 30 to 39 category. Jen actually aged down to match Heather's age. And we get a chance to talk about the team competition. We get a chance to talk about the individual competition. We cover a ton of stuff in here. So really excited for this. Really excited for Jim to be able to share kind of some of the things that she's practiced, some of the things that she has um, learned throughout competition, but also some of the things that she's really thinking about coming into this competition. Hey, if you don't know Jen Ryan, make sure you, you look her up. Uh, she is a CrossFit Games athlete all the way from 2017 up until this past year in 2023. Some of those have been on a team with CrossFit Invictus. Some of those have been individuals. Jen is an absolutely incredible athlete and an even better interview. Absolutely love seeing her. So cannot wait for you to get a chance to hear Jen Ryan. Hey, all right, fitness fans. Well, I've told you about her, and now she is here. Jen Ryan, six-time games athlete, uh, three times on the team, three times on the individual. So she's got expertise all over the place. Um, not to mention the fact that she's also just done everything else. Um, you know, we, we've got all kinds of competitions, regionals, uh, sanctionals, sectional, what, whatever we call those things leading up to games now. Um, she's got all of them. Not to mention a three-time uh, MFC -er. So Jen, you were there in the original and then a year off. We were, we were talking about that a little bit earlier, a year off because of the famous broken hand um, and then made it last year and coming back this year, coming back on a team, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited to be teaming up with Heather Hippensteel. Uh, I had to age down uh, because Heather is in her early 30s. And so uh, we didn't think it was, well, it, you know, it's not really fair for her to to go into the 40 to 49. So uh, as we know, I'm I'm not really opposed to aging down for competition. So, uh, you know, yeah. we just threw I, our hat our, our name in the hat with the 30 to 39 year old division. So I think we're going to have a really good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you talk about aging down, you're you're kind of used to that. Um, I think we, we talk about the the last time that you were at the games was 2021 when you were still technically or not that you you were at the games as a, as a team in 2021, when you were, uh, that was the year after you actually were your first year in the masters games. So you are, you are used to competing with, let's call them the youngsters. <laughs> yeah. The old, the young bucks. That's right. I'm <laughs> constantly bringing the, the average age of any team up. So that's, <laughs> that's my goal in life in CrossFit. Keep oh. the average age of the team up. Uh, I, I maturity love it. level. Notice how I didn't say I'm bringing up the average maturity level, but I am bringing Look, up average age. There's not many, let's face it. There's not many CrossFitters out there that actually bring maturity level up. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, oh, I, yeah. 
I mean, I think I've noticed that as as we all get used to each other and we all get around each other, um, the older we get, our maturity level actually goes down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best part of it all. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. Well, okay. So Jen, so coming back, um, decided to switch over to the team this year with Heather. Uh, any, any particular reason just wanting to try something new? What were you thinking with that? Yeah, I think after this past season, last year, I went from games as an individual to competing at MSC as an individual, and then training for Wadapalooza as an individual that weekend didn't go as planned because I had to pull out after the first, uh, event just because of, a uh, strained lat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course going through this entire season, just individual, um, I kind of just wanted to have some fun and I love team. I think, you know, there's some people who say, you know, their heart is always in individual, but I think my heart is always in team. I just absolutely love it. So that was where I wanted to take my, my competition, um, sorry my dogs are both trying I have two 10 pound dogs and they're both sitting on my lap right now both (laughs) um uh, anyways so I I kind of wanted to take the next you know part of the season just doing uh something on a team and Heather's really really fun um I've known her for a long time ever since she was competing at Invictus she actually competed on a team numerous times at Invictus and then her last year was in 2016 and that was when I came to Invicta. So, um, you know, we had done I think at least one maybe local competition before like together around that time, but we just kind of, you know, we've always, we've stayed friends and just always had a great connection. So yeah. when I saw her at games, I was like, Hey, do you want to do MFC? And she was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not fit enough. And I was like, you've got like eight weeks. It'll be fine. <laughs> let's face it Heather I think you're always fit enough like Heather's one of those people that she's never not fit so yeah I know I know she's like just oh yeah I just power clean 205 and I was like well that's cool because I have never power cleaned that in my life so you automatically win the fitness challenge with me that's right everything is always a competition even when it's friendly yes yes well, hey, okay. So talking talking about teams, I want to get your opinion on on a few of these workouts. Kind of talk to you. Um, you don't have to you don't have to give away any company secrets here, um, but just kind of get your thoughts uh, as we work through these. So in in event two with please hold. All right, uh, eighty back squats while your teammate hangs from the bar. Eighty toes to bar while your teammate holds the barbell overhead. Sixty front squats while your teammate hangs from the bar. Sixty pull ups with your teammate holding the bar overhead. 40 overhead squats, teammate hangs from the bar, 40 chest to bar while teammate holds the barbell overhead. Tell me this, what is the worst part of this workout to you? I think the worst part of the workout is probably going to be the fact that nothing is undoable. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, At this level, with the 75 pound weight, um, the fact that it's really not that high of volume, the hardest part is transitions matter. And there's no resting, there's no grabbing chalk. Um, there's none of that. It's just drop from the hang, whatever, and switch and get right back at it. You know, uh, even if it's smaller sets, um, that you just, you just got to kind of go. Um, that to me 
is the hardest part that it is, it is not about, okay, do some work now rest, do some work now recover. There's, there's your, it's active recovery. And that, that is really challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and so I forgot to give, I forgot to give my Kyle disclaimer, the Kyle disclaimer, remember people, I am a disembodied voice speaking into your computer. So if anything I say is contradicting what you heard from the people that had the, uh, the, the athlete briefing or any communication you've had, refer to them. All right. Uh, this is for your education and entertainment. Uh, please don't start arguing with your judge because, hey, Kyle said, because you're always going to lose that argument. So um, with this. OK, so, Jen, I got to tell you this much. I was looking at this workout and the thing that I saw that I just I realized I would not want to do is those 40 chest to bar pull ups after two sets of pretty long hanging from the bar. Um, I'd say, I, I think you really got to manage your, manage your transitions So that way nobody's really hanging from the bar too long. Cause otherwise I don't know if you have anything left to do a chest to bar with. Yeah. And, and that was the other factor. I think when running through it with one of the young ladies, uh, I teamed up with a 20 year old at the gym. I felt like that was pretty close to Heather. Um, and so the, we, we ran through it and it was nice because a couple of other people, uh, teamed up and joined in to do it with us um, as as pairs. And what what I found was that grip right at the end there with the chest bar can be really tough. What you want to think about in that first set of the back squats while someone else is holding is uh, um, remembering that hey you have a partner that is is holding. So if you're doing the squats and you have to start slowing down your squats it might be best to drop and switch because otherwise if you're suddenly slowing that cadence where you're taking a breath, okay, now I'm going to go taking a breath. Now I'm going to go just to eke out like somebody to try to go like teams to go 40 and 40, but your last 10 reps of your 40 are super slow. You got to remember you have a partner hanging and you go right into front squats and overhead hold. And honestly that over or no wait, front squats and, and the hang again, Mm -hmm. uh, but you go to toes to bar and overhead hold. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember your partner's hanging and they're going to have to go do some toes to bar or an overhead hold. And what I found was even the overhead holds and even the overhead squats, it taxes your grip. So by the time you get to those chest to bar and that last hold, while the other person is overhead squatting, your grip is, is getting really shot. So managing how you're going to break the first three movements, remembering, yes, it is somewhat about those because you've got to get through them, but it's really about the last set, that set of chest bar and, and how long, like then your partner can hold on for your overhead squats so that they can still hold on to the bar. It's really about those last two movements um, that are kind of the make or break. Yeah, it really, it feels like the weight was designed as a way to be light enough to kind of tempt you into, hey, why don't you do this big gigantic set? Because I mean, let's face it, you know, 115.75, when you, when you first get out there, I mean, it's going to feel like a back or like a, like an air squat. Yeah. Um, if I think if anybody's thinking about going, you know, uh, hey, you just hang and I'll do all 80. I want to see if somebody tries that. I bet, I bet you there's somebody that's going to try that. 
Yeah, but that you know that's that's the silly part because then the person hanging, I suppose, could go straight into the overhead hold, and then the person who's just done all the back squats has to get started on the toes to bar. Yeah, but I I mean I guess maybe if you're going to rip out a set of thirty to thirty five toes to bar so that your partner their grip gets a little chance to recover. But again, like I said, that overhead hold, it's still taxing on this area of, of the body. And so then they have to jump up and do some toes to bar. And it's, it just seems like unnecessary fatigue uh, at the start of a workout that has so much more in it than just those first two movements, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so number three, event number three, this one, I, I kept coming back to this in the team event that I'm really, I want to watch this event um, because uh, event number three is hangman. So four times you've got 25 rope climbs, but every time a teammate leaves the starting mat, they must perform 10 deadlifts at 225, 155 before proceeding to the rope for climbs. So I, I tell you, it's interesting. You look at that. It's not, when you come off of the rope, you have to go and do deadlifts. It's no, when you guys switch, you've got to hit those deadlifts before you go to the rope. Um, what do you, what do you think about that workout? What are you thinking there? Uh, well, I'm thinking, I wish the deadlift weight was heavier, uh -huh. but, um, you know, it's, this is, it's a quick workout, right? It's, it's supposed to, it's designed to be how, how quickly can you do it? It's just a quick buy-in. Um, so when I look at that, I'm thinking, how do you, um, how do you manage transitions and what are the least number of rounds essentially that you have to do? Like, what are the least number of times you have to switch someone in mm -hmm. that makes sense instead of, you know, how long are you then resting after a certain number of rope climbs? Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you have 25, you immediately think, well, maybe maybe five rounds, right? You go uh, like the five, five rope climbs. So, you know, one person is doing one more round and then, you know, you have to decide, well, who is that person? Um, full transparency, Heather and I just tested this uh, situation out the other day. We did it where we did 10 deadlifts. We did five rounds of this. So 10 deadlifts, five rope climbs, rest one-to-one. -one. So we did essentially the entire workout with a one-to-one -one rest, um, just to see where the breakdown was, uh, you know, is there a scenario where you could cut it down to four sets? Um, and just taking a look at each of our split times and where things started to happen. So that was actually really fun to just take a look at capacity. It was fun to take a look at where you are in training just to see, okay, now I'm, I'm sort of interested. I have my split times. So now it game day, you know, how does, how does that play out too? Um, when adrenaline's going and typically I like to say, you know, as long as you're not like freaking out, once you try to hop on the rope and try to go too fast, not hooking your feet. Typically I like to think that, you know, the barbells are going to feel a little lighter and you're going to have a little more adrenaline going on game day. So those splits might be even a little quicker. Um, so it's nice to have those, ideas and parameters in place, knowing your teammate. So even if you are going to go five sets, like you have to determine well, who's going to be the, the one that does like starts it. So they would go three, you know, um, and you can get that information by doing a test like that. 
but then also having in your back pocket, if things start to go wrong and you get to that last set and someone's having to rest and shake things out, well, you might as well just go tag that person, next person in if there's two more rope climbs and you're just sitting there having to rest because most people can knock out 10 deadlifts at those weights fairly quickly and then go uh, knock out like at least two more rope climbs. These are with legs. So, um, those were our thoughts looking at it and kind of how we went about determining how we want to attack the workout. Yeah. Um, yeah. it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how people, as the workout goes on, as people start having to come down the rope and rest a little bit, what is, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the determining factor is for, how much rest is too much rest to where I'm going to come back and I'm going to make you do deadlifts now, you know, because there is a point where you come down and like you said, you're not going to want to rush, but there is that, there, there's that, that, that moment where you're like, okay, how much time am I supposed to take as I shake my arms out before I hop back up where if I would just run back and tag my partner, they can do 10 deadlifts, come over here and do two rope climbs real quick without having to do 200 deadlifts because you're switching out every time. I don't even know if that's possible in this workout, but without having to do, you know, uh, maybe, maybe nine sets of deadlifts yourself because you're switching out every single rope climb. So it'll be interesting to see how people value, which one's more important rest or work, even though you may be struggling in that. Yeah. And also I would recommend even if you're someone who isn't great at rope climbs and even doing three to four back to back to back might take you a little extra time. That cumulative effect is going to add up. And the more deadlifting you have to do, the harder that's going to get. So uh, I think it's important to remember that that first set by each person, even if you do have to take an extra, you know, five to 10 seconds before your last rope climb, that's probably the time to take it. Because it is not going to get any easier if, you know, it's no sense to go two rope climbs at a time because now you're talking, oh gosh, now we're adding in all these deadlifts. And if you're already not real quick on two, three, four, and five rope climbs in a row, you're, you're going to be even worse at it when you're deadlifting like 50 times, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe it's doing what what I said we did and taking a look at your splits yeah. And just deciding, well, how long did it take me after rep two, rep three, rep four of my rope climb? Is this a good idea to stay there and just say, let me complete four or five this first set so that as you're moving on, even if you have to go to twos and threes because you're starting to take too long, at least you've knocked out a nice set at the beginning. So you're not having to tag out every two rope climb reps and then having to do more and more deadlifts because you also have to remember that this is event three, right? So mm -hmm. now you're doing all of those deadlifts and you've got three more events after that. Um, even if they're not hinging movements, I mean, that's going to start to get the hamstrings, the glutes, the back, right? Mm -hmm. um, even the upper back, uh, it, that, that starts to take a toll on the weekend. Yeah, that cumulative effect becomes an issue when uh, you get to that last day and you're doing something you think you should be able to do. And all of a sudden you can't. So yeah, if you've done 60 deadlifts and I've done 30 granted, 155 isn't super heavy, but when it's at intensity, you're going to feel it. Yeah. You know, you're going to feel a difference than, than I am. So, well, yeah. So event four downhill every two minutes for 12 minutes, you got six sets. 
you've got a 40 foot handstand walk into max calories on the skier. So basically uh, each partner is going to do three sets. You got 40 foot handstand walk and then just, I would assume rip the crap out of the handles on the, uh, on the skier. All right, Jen, how long do how long are you going to have to spend on the skier? Yo, first off, I, I am putting this out there. I am not practicing this beforehand because <laughs> I have no desire. I have no desire to go to that place yep. in, in my training right now. Um, uh -huh. So how long do you have on the skier? Okay, so it's a two-minute increment. Two-minute increment. Do a handstand walk at the start of a workout. Uh-huh. And even when you go into your next one, you've had a, a two minute break. Mm -hmm. uh, that is going to take like what? 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so you'll be, you, you got a You got a, a minute and 40 seconds of just going dark on the skier. Well, I don't know if you remember me and uh, Anna Tonicliffe, uh -huh. Anna Tobias, sorry, I called her by her maiden name, uh, Anna Tobias last year on that event where the skier was at the end. Oh yeah. And, and, I've never in my life just literally rolled, like I made the ski erg area, like a bed. Like I just laid <laughs> in it, just laid in it. Her and I were laid out. I mean, oh, yeah. that, was, that was a place that all, that's all I can imagine having to do twice in this workout. And um, wait, right. Cause it's each person does it twice, three, three times. times. Three oh times. my God. I have to go there three <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> Anna's really getting off easy this weekend because she doesn't have to do this workout. <laughs> Just kidding. She, she's got a rough. She's got a rough set of workouts too. But I'll, I'll, I'm going to remind her of it um, after, after I do it. Yeah, you're just. I mean, you have to. You have to just sell out. Mm -hmm. And competitions like this are the time, the time to see what you're made up to. The time to see what your training has, where it's gotten your fitness. Can you end up on the ground, like finish and just roll to the side so your partner can get going? And then within the next two minutes, do you recover to go again? Mm -hmm. And that's something I feel Invictus has helped me with so much in the past and in my mindset and just saying no holds barred. Uh, there's nothing to really lose except for come out hot and try to stay hot. And this is one of those kind of workouts where I just, you know, I think you can't play it safe, right? Uh, you have to just trust in your fitness to know that you can recover and get back at it. Yeah, man. I like, I like what you said there though, about um, like a competition is, is sometimes it's where you test your fitness. It's, it's where you, you see like, like where have you improved and, and to what point have you pushed yourself and so it's, it's not always about, I mean, and, and let's face it sometimes, I mean, Hey, you put the, you put the big weights on the floor. Sometimes it's about showing off But man. I mean, there's these that are just grinders where it's, you know, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to fail. Maybe you're going to struggle, but this is where you just kind of lay it out on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And, and this is one of those times you just have to think, all right, if you are someone who is fine with going that, you know, that 40 feet um, pretty quickly or unbroken, whatever it is. Um, then, then no big deal. You know, you'll, you'll recover in time to get up and do that most likely to at least do that. Um, and then you just get over there and just get a nice sprint start on it, you know, start, yeah. start pulling on it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you just gotta, gotta commit to the fact that it is going to hurt. 
So. Well, I'll just say this, knowing your thoughts on this, don't be surprised if, if uh, I'm right next to your lane with my camera the entire time you're doing that. I, I, this is, we may, we may have to put a, uh, may have to put a compilation together of uh, the Jen Ryan pain face. So. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to be yelling at Heather. She's going to hate me so much. I'm going to be like screaming at her to go harder. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> the best right. part about team is like, uh, you know, screaming at your teammates to, to make themselves feel worse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, all right. So event five, Sauron. Okay. And, and the dreaded AMRAP. Oh my gosh. I'll I tell you, man, uh, competition AMRAPs are, boy, they're great. Cause you just push yourself to the limit, but, oh, they were brutal. Uh, 15, uh, 15, 10 cows on the echo bike, 30 foot overhead kettlebell walking lunge, five ring muscle ups, 30 foot overhead kettlebell walking lunge. And I'm looking at it, I guess, is this a, this a, you go, I go, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You go, I go. Mm -hmm. All right. What are we, what are we thinking here? Okay. So I thought it was interesting the weight that they chose because again, this isn't heavy. So this isn't something where Oh, get off the bike. I got to think about picking that thing up. And then I got to take a pause between each step just to like stabilize or make sure, you know, my leg strength is there. Um, or when you come off the bar muscle ups, okay. Got to think about getting that weight overhead. That's not this, this is literally like we are holding a toothpick overhead pretty much no matter who you are, like, a 26 pound kettlebell, single kettlebell or a 35, like you're going to be okay to get it up there fast and, and move. And so this becomes more about cardio rather than like strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, that's, you're just going to that place. And so my initial thoughts when I saw this were, Oh boy, there's, there's just not a stopping point. Um, the bar muscle ups five and three, not too bad. Um, many, many people are going to be okay with jumping up there and going unbroken, especially your first few rounds. Uh, yeah. I don't think people are going to have to think about it a whole lot. Um, you might see towards the later rounds of the, the AMRAP after the kettlebell gets set down. Okay. Take a couple of breaths, then go. Um, but again, I don't think that it's too many reps that um, you are not able to get up there and maybe try to do it unbroken. So again, it's, it's fairly quick, drop the kettlebell, do those three, three to five reps, then you're right back on the lunges again. So it's, it's a lot of legs because you're coming off that echo bike. Yeah. Is, is the quickness of these rounds, is that going to force the echo bike to be a little bit harder? Like, are you going to have to push that a little bit more than maybe what you want? Yeah, I think so. Because, um, you know, with the echo bike isn't, isn't really about power, you know? So you've got to stay on that. You can't just rev it up and then kind of let it ride. I've found with the, like with the assault bike, sort of with the echo bike, you've got to continually have a very consistent output because when you start slowing it down, you're still going to accumulate obviously the calories, but 
now you're just sitting there longer and longer and longer. And it can feel like it takes forever for that calorie to turn over. And that's just precious reps because once you start moving on the lunges and the bar muscle ups, you're moving through that fast. I think the echo bike is, is the slower part of the workout. If you think about it. Yeah. All right. Every second counts. So this one is very similar to the individual workout, uh, but it's uh, follow the leader. So 20 follow the leader burpee box jump overs at uh, 24, 20, 20 cleans. So the individuals had had singles or excuse me, had tens. Uh, you guys have 20s. Uh, so 20 cleans at 185, 125, uh, and then 16, 16, 12, 12, 8, 8, 4, 4. Um, okay, so with the follow the leader box jump, burpee box jump over, um, what what type of dynamic does that bring in? I mean, is that a is that a slow enough movement to where you look at this and go, okay, the, the box jump overs are a rest, we're gonna push the cleans. What what are you what are you seeing here? Yeah, I actually think you can lose more time on the burpee box jump overs if you are not moving through these quickly. The cleans to me, especially since the reps can be split, uh, I didn't, I, I don't remember exactly if they can just be split however you want. But I, I think if you can split that however you want, I mean, people could just go singles, you know, so you're honestly not losing time. If you wanted to go doubles, I mean, you know, touch and go doubles, that's still very quick at this weight for the most part. But even at quick singles, that's faster than your burpee box jump overs. And so you can lose more time if you are very slow at getting down to that burpee and then over the box. If you're not timing your um, your burpee with your partner's, you know, touching the ground immediately, if you're kind of just waiting, um, you know, you want to know exactly, Hey, when I jump over do I can I jump a little to the side so that my partner, as soon as my feet touch down, can they be, you know, perpendicular to the box and getting like, Hey, go down instead of waiting for you to clear out of the way, you know, again, the transitions on those burpee box jump overs can start to make a difference in the workout unless someone just isn't strong capacity wise to continually move the bar well with their partner. Um, but generally you're going to see those reps on the bar continue to move, especially at that weight and considering it's power, it's just the, that burpee box jump over is going to get longer. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the workout, looks like you can partition the, the reps, however you want on those cleans. So yeah, I mean, probably, I mean, I, especially with as long as the workout is, um, boy, I feel like it almost might be a mistake to try and go larger sets early on, on the, the clean. It almost makes more sense just to stand and face each other and go quick singles. I, I don't know if they're going to let you face each other, but, uh, I guess if not, maybe it's easier to go two, three, four, but I feel this is one that in the individual and in the team, I feel like this is one that people are going to get, uh, they're going to get impatient on that. They're going to want to rush right through those first couple because, you know, I mean, 20 burpee box jump overs and 20 cleans at, you know, however you're able to partition them, it's going to take a while. And so 20 and 20 and 16 and 16, I feel like people are going to want to race those first two rounds and then they're just going to be gassed for the last three. Especially because the, the burpee box jump overs, like that's 20 a piece. 
like the one rep counts once each person has done one, right? So you're talking 40 burpee box jump overs with that first one. And it, you know, if you're not someone who is great at burpee box jump overs and that 20 in a row is going to gas you, then yes, yeah, starting that too quick could be a little detrimental. So you don't have to fly through that. I think the big thing is going to be the, the set of, uh, uh, the 12 actually, mm -hmm. you know, um, even the, like the 16, if the last four to five start to get really slow, that's when you could start seeing another team creep up if they're able to move that a little bit faster. Cause again, I just don't think that the barbell weight and reps considering they can be partitioned. I just don't think that that's a spot that anybody can really make up a ton of time. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so we talked about it, expert in the teams, but also expert in the individuals, all right? So I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of these, all right? We, we're not going to go through all of them. We got lots of people talking about all of them, but I want to get your opinion on a couple of these okay. because, like, I, I know you and I know that you like a challenge. Um, we talked about how there was one you were going to do, but you, 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 you practiced the team version of it, so you decided not to. So let me ask you about the gallows, all right? So individuals for the gallows. So against a three minute running clock, 300 or 250 meter row on, on the rower, three deadlifts, 365, 265, uh, three or two legless rope climbs, and then 150 foot handstand walk. And so every three minutes you have to go through the row, the deadlifts and the rope climbs. And then you get as much, as much of the handstand walk as you can in each of those. If you complete the 150 foot in the first or the second, um, I don't know if anybody's going to do it in the first, but maybe in the second, you don't have to go back and do all the other work because the, the score with tie break situations, qualifications, once again, people don't lose your minds because I'm not head judge here. Um, you know, but the score effectively is your handstand walk. What are you, what are you thinking about this? What, are, I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a workout. What do you, what are you responding to when you see this? Ah, oh, I like it so much. I love it. I think they got it right on the weight and the reps. Um, I am interested to see, I know men, when we do legless, it usually typically is one more than the ladies. Now, I think the difference is in this style of workout, uh, you know, three, three legless, even for guys compared to, you know, women, it could take up a little more time. Right. Um, and so I'm kind of wondering what that difference might be, but I think that they still got that right. Um, and then the 150 foot handstand walk, I mean, really a 50 foot handstand walk shouldn't take somebody more than 35 to 40 seconds. Um, even kind of tired, you can, you can, I mean, 150 foot handstand walk for an elite level athlete, even elite masters is really just, that's a warm up. to be honest, 150 feet, you know, even dead tired, that should be a warm up for people. So um, I think then it comes down to how much time do you have for it? Uh, I, so my approach to it would be go for it on that first round and get what you can, because just like we talked about in the rope climb workout for us, rope climb and deadlifts, the cumulative effect just starts to add up. So you're probably not going to get faster <laughs> you know, it's going to get harder. So 
challenge yourself on those legless rope climbs, you know, um, I would say get up, you know, you don't have to PR your two, you know, your 250 row, but you've got to go quick, but you got to be able to get off and go jump up to that rope. It can't be it, assuming you're someone who can do a legless rope climb. And I will give out a little, little hint here, friends. If it's the same rig as last year, that is not a 15 foot rope climb. It's at least 13 and a half to 14. So just a little FYI, like it's not that hard. Uh, if you're used to practicing 15 foot legless rope climbs at your gym, this is a foot less. So just trust yourself. Um, to me last year, those felt like the easiest legless rope climbs I've ever done um, besides West Coast Classic. But here's why. Because it's shorter. <laughs> it's 14 <laughs> feet. So um, anyways, like do a nice pace on the row. You got to go quick. But you need to transition right to the rope, jump up and go. Then you take your rest between your two legless about where you're going to take oh i'm sorry you have to go to your deadlift first yeah, I apologize. Deadlift first. yeah yeah i apologize but um go to your deadlift bar it is heavy but you don't have to go touch and go on those i don't think that's the key so if i was doing it i'd go to my deadlift bar get over there and do one rep do another and then do my third i want to save my grip so i'm just doing three quick now some people might say yeah, but it's harder to do a, a dead stop. But what's going to be more taxing on your grip? And to me, trying to hold on for those three at that weight might be more taxing on my grip, give or take. But then I think you need to go over to the rope and knock out your first legless. Like I was saying, it's, it's the transition there. You're not going to come down. Most people aren't going to come down from that first rope climb and then boom, jump back up after the hard row and the deadlifts. So you've got to get yourself from the pull of the, the um, row and the deadlift over to that first climb, shake it out, watch your clock. Don't count in your head. Got to watch the clock because otherwise you run out of time. Then you go up, get that second one and then head over to your, um, your handstand walk. But I, I do think that you've got to, You've got to figure out a way to manage your rest. And that needs to be between the rope climbs, mm -hmm. not before your first rope climb, because that rope is really not, it's, it's shorter than probably what most people practice on it. You, you got to trust yourself to jump up there and get it because otherwise you're wasting too much time. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, looking at this, this feels okay. There's a lot of, of physical demands here. But I got to tell you, this looks like one of those workouts that it is almost more of a mental battle with yourself. You know, it's not like a long grinder, but it's a mental battle where you go, okay, I've got to go hard on the rower. And then I've just got to, I've got to get off quickly, get to the deadlift. And I got to pick that first one up 365 going to be heavy, but I, I just, I've got to pick it up and get this thing moving. And then just like you said, like I've got to drop that deadlift bar and I've just got to trust the fact that I've been training and that I qualified for this. And I've just got to run and jump up on the rope and just say, you know, I'm not going to feel recovered. I just got to go. 
because uh, I think I, I think it is. I think it's one of those workouts where the more you start looking at it and the more you start dissecting it and the more that you start arguing with yourself in your head, um, you, you're right. You're just going to run out of time where and like you said, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. We spent almost no time talking about the handstand walk, which is the actual measure of this workout, just because I think it's kind of assumed at this point um, that, you know, handstand walk is one of those things that you should be able to do. I, I don't think that's not necessarily a a new thing in uh, in elite level CrossFit, especially. Yeah. Uh, I also, I did not get to see how the handstand walk has to be broken down. I don't know if it has to be like 50 on, un- I, I assume it's not 50 unbroken every time. I don't, I don't believe it is. Um, Probably in increments. So 25, I think- 25 foot increments. Okay. So that's not too bad. I mean, if you can kick up and get, you know, two 25 foot increments, um, and, and I think you just got to try to go for that, that first one to get a full 50, you know, um, I think well, that's something you, you and have honestly, to be like, you can't be afraid even that first set. Yeah. Well, and this, this might be too, you know, I think sometimes it's important to realize like, what is the, what is the purpose of the judge of the workout? And, and so we, that's a weird way to put it, but, but like, like what is the, the purpose for how it is that we are judging where people fall in the workout, you know, let, I mean, let's face it. There's going to be, there's going to be a couple people that are going to finish this and they're going to do great. Um, yeah. but then after that, most people are going to be standing somewhere on the floor. Um, yeah. and, and I think those are the interesting finishes as well, because, so let's take it, let's say that in, in a, in a heat of 20 people, let's say there's three people that finish it. Well, that means there's going to be 17 people that are, dog tired and exhausted. And in the last 30 seconds, they're all standing on the floor. They're facing all different directions. And when you're an athlete on the floor, looking at that, you just have to kick up and go because you actually don't know where you fall. You don't know where all the other people are. Like it, it really is not so much about how many people are going to finish. It's more about like, how, how long are you able to just be able to keep kicking up? And, and, and then when you walk off the floor, you may not know where you finish. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point. I, I find, and I have done this to myself in the past, I find that we just start thinking, well, I, this isn't for me. Like, I I can't do all this. Well, no one's saying you should be able to do all this. I mean, not everyone can do all this. We even see at the CrossFit Games, the elite of the elite, not everyone finishes every single workout. That's people get time capped you know, but you don't see them walking off the floor and complaining. Well, okay. So some people complain, um, <laughs> but you're not like, ah, oh, how could you make this workout that I can't complete, you know? And the elite level, just because it's masters does not mean it is scaled down. This is still for the, you program for the best and modify for the rest. However, elite does not get modified. If you qualify and you decide that's what you want to do, just remember that it is programmed for the best. And those who haven't quite gotten there yet mm-hmm. are doing this to challenge themselves, to get out of their comfort zone, to learn what they should continue to go and work on. And maybe ask some of the people, because I can guarantee you some of your competitors who are very good at some of these movements, 
um, they'd be more than happy to tell you, hey, this is how I got better at this. And they'll probably tell you, you know what, there was a time I struggled with this too, and I had your same mindset. And so if, if you're someone who is scared of this workout, not happy with the, the way that it's programmed or questioning it, I think you need to take a look at yourself and just say, well, why am I questioning that? Um, you know, when I did the, upset when people start like complaining about things. And, you know, when I did the individual semifinals and even the quarterfinals, I, I wasn't super excited about some of the things and I didn't say, I want my money back. I don't want to go compete. I realized I signed up to compete with the best of the best. And that's what it was programmed for. And I did have those feelings where I thought some things like, man, I'm not going to do well on this. Uh, or it is going to be uncomfortable. Or who did they have, you know, who do they think they're programming for? And I have to set my ego aside and just think, what can I do and how can I do my best on this workout and just know that I'm not going to be the only one struggling on certain movements, you know, and that's, that's where I think the masters, we really should come together and, and say, wow, this is challenging. This is really hard, but just remember that not everything is programmed so that everyone finishes. Or so that everybody is like, yes, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I got the result I wanted. Like, how about the process? You know, how about, hey, I didn't think I could deadlift that weight that many times. Or I didn't think I could even get more than one legless rope climb in a row in that amount of time. And maybe you do, yeah. you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, yeah, no, during the, um, you know. Now, now that I'm, I'm a little bit outside or past my, my competition stage for the moment, at least, um, things that I wish I would have known, like I can see now where it's like, you know, um, uh, there were things that I, like I strength has never been my, my, my biggest forte. Um, and, and I would always feel going into a workout that really emphasized some sort of strength. I was just, I was you know, like I, I just, I was pre-embarrassed for what was going to happen. Like I, I just, I was like, oh, yeah. my God, but I'd be out there on the floor and I would wind up surprising myself. Didn't mean that I was always the one that, you know, um, I was always the one that like won it, but it did mean that, that even if I finished last, like I pushed myself to a degree that I was like, I was excited about what I did. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always one of the interesting things is, is that I think we, we kind of forget that when we get into that competition setting, like that's the type of setting where we excel and where we succeed. And, and if we don't succeed, then, then that's okay. That's the fuel. So that the next time we do this, we do. So yeah, that's yeah. always interesting. I mean, maybe it was programmed so that nobody finishes, yeah. but everybody's up in arms because they're like, well, nobody's going to finish it. Well, great. Then that sounds like a great test to me. I mean, it doesn't have to be finished yeah. by everyone in order to be a good test. Now, I guess it will remain to be seen what, what happens, you know, what the average is. Um, that's, that's a great thing to look at, but, but I think that it's also okay to push the parameters on, on one event, mm -hmm. you know, if we don't have those in these events, 
then, you know, I mean, there, there has to be a, here's what I'm trying to say. There has to be a separator. Okay. It can't just be all things that everybody can go and do that some outlier who's just like, Hey, I'm a great swimmer. So let me, cause let me tell everybody, I probably won't even take top five or top 10 on that 500 meter swim. And I swim my butt off, but I might just not do great on that. Okay. So where is my separator? Maybe I finished that 150 foot handstand walk. Cool. You know, but at the end of the day, like, uh, if that person who's great at swimming, but is like, well, I don't think I'm even going to make it into, you know, make it 50 feet on the handstand walk. Well, you don't really get to complain because you smashed me on the swim. Sorry. Sorry. I'm requiring you to do more than what you're good at. Yeah. I don't really care. And I don't think people who are programming should care either. And that's my rant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that is my rant. I'm so yeah. sick of the masters thinking that like, uh, all we get is a straight handstand walk and sandbag pirouettes instead of, hey, let's throw a little skill in there. So everybody, because everybody can't do it. Well, the that's the point of competition. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my rant. And people are going to be really mad at me for that. But at the same time, this seems to be the big one that people are so up in arms about and everybody's just looking at it as one event instead of the whole thing and what the purpose is behind it. And I think if we could just open our eyes a little bit, you know, I've been that person who would be super upset about something, you know, and I still can be, but I'm really trying to open my eyes to, well, you know, th this is a challenge. Maybe I wouldn't even, I don't even know what the time cap is for the 500 meter swim. But what if I didn't finish it? You know, like, I'm not going to be like, this is a dumb event. I can't believe you'd program that. I can't finish it. I'm not going to get a good workout. I can only get 300 meters or yards, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's exactly, that is exactly what it is like for people who are upset about this rope climb. Yeah. Uh, Handstand walk workout. Is it not? I, it, it's, it's interesting. So you brought up a really good point that I've never thought about before. But the, the separator is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some workouts that are designed to be, you know, like you're talking about, some are designed to where, like, you're going to be on the floor when the clock stops. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. The separator is different for everybody because, you know, a, you know, a, a, a largely cardio workout is going to be different from a, or it's going to be a different separator from someone who is largely strength-based and, you know, different movements are going to create different separators for people. And, and, and at the end of the weekend, I guess that's the deal is, you know, I think it's what the, it's what the games always really pushes. And is that, you know, that at the end of the weekend, um, there's a lot of awesome things that go on, but the end of the weekend is about who is the best CrossFitter in this grouping. Um, and, and, and that's, I think when they're programming, that's kind of how they, that's how they say is they like, okay, if we take all of these pieces and you can do, you can do pretty well at all of these pieces, then you're going to come out at the end, um, and be successful. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm certainly not above being the person who, you know, can get frustrated about those things. So I've definitely been there. I just, no, uh, you get, you don't get frustrated, Jen. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, I probably look at that 500 meter swim and be like, this is, oh, this is crap. Come on. Why can't you do something different? You know? Um, and I'm, a, I'm an okay swimmer. It's fine. Right. But at the same time, um, I don't expect myself to 
do really well on it. But what I do expect out of myself is to be an adult and to be a mature competitor who signs up for a competition to be challenged and to have the proper mindset about, well, I'm just going to go do it. You know, um, that, that is what I can expect. And that's what I expect out of everyone. Uh, I've, I've really learned to try to change my mindset around things. It doesn't mean we can't get frustrated. We can't cry a little, we can't be ticked off or voice our, our opinions. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But also understanding that not every workout is made for every single person to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, all right. So, so I've, man, I've kept you for so long. I enjoyed talking to you so much. I've kept you for so long. I, I want, I want to be conscious of your time. Okay. So speaking of, so we're going to wrap up with this speaking of feeling good, what is it that you are most looking forward to about this weekend? It can be absolutely anything. What are you looking forward to the most? I can't wait to hang out with everybody. Um, all of my friends. So just everybody from the Masters Fitness Collective, that entire crew, obviously, like, uh, you know, CJ and Karen and Pops and, and all of them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the other competitors. I haven't seen Anna in a year, obviously, and I really enjoyed her last year. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Blanc is going to be there again. She's freaking amazing. Um, I know I'm forgetting people, but like Jamie Latimer, I'm really excited to see her, uh, and just, um, uh, some of the people that I coach in nutrition, they're going to be there competing. So I really like the social aspect of it. Obviously I'm very competitive. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited to just hang out with everybody and see the master's community because I think as a whole, it's just so incredibly fun and we're just a cool group of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's always, it's always the, the deal about these, especially with MFC and, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I've been there the three, three years you've been there, the three years I've been there. And so it's just so, so awesome to see everybody. And it, it just, it really does it, it. I mean, everybody's out there sweating and competing, but it's also, it's just one big party. It's just, it's, it's party with a lot of sweat involved. So yeah, yeah, for that's sure. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Um, uh, Jen Ryan going to be out there on a team with Heather Hip and Steel. So make sure you guys uh, uh, take a look, come out, uh, watch, keep an eye on the updates, uh, keep an eye on the scoreboard. Uh, but hey, until we see you guys in Fort Wayne, stay fit. So you see, Jen is fired up as we are heading into the Masters Fitness Championship, September 29th to October 1st. That's right. We are two days away, depending on when you're listening to this, but it's being released two days before Masters Fitness Championship starts. Hey, check-in starts tomorrow. We've got all kinds of things. Our media team's going to be there. We're going to be getting all kinds of interviews, having a great time, keeping you updated with everything going on. Hey, speaking of media, we're going to be doing a wrap-up show at the end of every day. So you're going to get a chance to hear from the experts. You're going to get a chance to see uh, all the highlights, see a, a lot of things that have been going on at the Masters Fitness Championship this year. So make sure you're following our Instagram page. We're going to be dropping new podcasts as it goes. Make sure that you're following the podcast. My goodness, what a weekend is ahead of us. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, stay tuned and boy, get ready for the Masters Fitness Championship.